This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and on the show today, we have Bill Finley from the St. Louis Cardinals. How you doing, Billy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. So Billy is the uh, head grounds crew um, for the St. Louis Cardinals for Bush Stadium. Been with the team since, what, 1996? 1996. 1996, man. So... Why don't you, Billy, take us back as far as you want to go on what's made you the man you are today? Oh, boy. Where to start with that one? Uh, I guess so. Right out of high school, I did like everyone else. You know, I figured I was going to go to school. Um, had my mindset on – I was really into math at the time. So I thought I was going to be this big math major, computer science guy. You know, I was always into computers as a kid. So my mom kind of pushed me that way. She's like, well, why don't you try it in college? So I uh, went to a little small college there in Aiken, South Carolina. It's the University of South Carolina in Aiken from Augusta. So it's you know a really small town right side, outside of Augusta. Um, started on that path. Decided after a couple semesters that you know I wanted to get away from everything, get away from you know the hometown kind of atmosphere. So I went in the military, joined the Navy. Um, you know it was kind of a dual effort kind of thing. I was going to get some money for school, you know, and see the world a little bit. Um, so that worked out four years. I, it was a great time. I mean, I enjoyed my time in the military. It taught me a lot of things, you know. It taught me, you know, you know, making sure everything was where it needed to be all the time. You know, everything was, uh, you know, uh, had to be perfect when you're in the military. So, right. you know, it taught me a lot of things, you know. Uh, taught me discipline, obviously. Um, you know, as a kid, when you're, you, you don't think about those kind of things. You think every, the, you're, you're bulletproof, you know. Right. So you get out and you're into the real world like that, and it, you know, it, brought me down to earth it taught me a lot of things so when I got out of the military I was going to go back to school finish my you know my college uh so that summer when I got out a buddy of mine who was working in the minor leagues at the time who was a head groundskeeper for our minor league time uh team there in Augusta had moved to Spartanburg and was working for the Phillies organization and they were getting ready to build a new facility in Kannapolis North Carolina so he's like hey while you're waiting to go back to school come work with me you know summer gig and then you know when fall starts you can go back to school so i started working with him over the winter and you know went into the baseball season got a full-time job as his assistant working on the field crew and um met some really interesting people uh, the head groundskeeper for the chicago white Sox, roger bossard who's been in this industry for for years he's very well known um, learned a lot from him um so i decided you know just stick it out see how long this how long this was going to last or where it would take me because I really enjoyed being outside. I, I loved playing baseball as a kid. You know, I played all the way up through high school. So I'm like, heck, playing base, you know, working in, right. my, working in a sport I love outside. You know, I like being outside. So stuck it out, you know, and then we found out that the Cardinals were getting rid of the AstroTurf, bringing in natural grass, and Roger Bossard was the gentleman who was in charge of doing that whole project. So, um, he threw our name in the hat up here in St. Louis. I interviewed for the job. Got a uh, myself and my boss at the time there in Kannapolis got got two of the spots that were available um, to work under a guy that we that we knew in the minor leagues. So uh, it's kind of in the right place at the right time. Right. Uh, you know, obviously I showed the ability that I could do the job, and you know, interviewed, 
and they uh, they hired us and been here ever since. So well, that's crazy. Never know uh, the people you meet where they can take. Absolutely, you, right? and that's you know that's a that's one of the the positive things about networking. You know, getting yourself out there, and you never know what's going to happen. Right. You know, try different things. You know, you, you feel comfortable in one niche. You know, I was ready all ready to go to computers and then you know i started trying something different than computers and here i am i mean you never know where it's going to take you yeah i think we talk a lot about that in business is you never know where it is going to take you and you just got to be ready at all times absolutely and and be willing to you know take that step yeah so when you think about our listeners i mean and mostly business people entrepreneurs um just successful executives even people work at corporate america whatever it may be uh, what what advice would you have from then? I, I know I always talk to military people, and they always said, know your goal, right? I mean, would you say that's something you took away from the military? Absolutely. I mean, you, you always have to set goals for yourself or you're, or you're never going to succeed. I mean, you, you've got to be able to take that next step to, to, to reach those goals. You know, my goal in life was, you know, at the time was, you know, finish college, you know, get my get my name out there, network, and and meet people. You know, I was I was really into meeting people. I, I, I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. Um so definitely setting goals for yourself early on is, is very important. And, you know, seeing those goals through, I think, is huge. Yeah, and, and so knowing you, uh, and I know how particular you are about the grass at Bush Stadium. Yeah. So when, when you think about your goals today, what are your goals that are, that are different than, say, my goals of certain business goals that are out there? What are your goals today? I think, I think they're pretty similar to most people's. I mean, especially if you're a professional if, and you want to be good at what you do, you're always trying to better yourself every year. You know, we, you know, we do things the same, you know, most of the stuff we do is same year in and year out. But there's, if there's ever anything we can change to better ourselves, we're always willing to do that. You know, we're always doing research on newer, newer ways to fight disease on the grass. You know, things we just put in a new irrigation system at the ballpark this past year, you know. We upgraded our irrigation system with some some of the newer systems that are out there. So, you know, always try to better yourself. If you're not trying to better yourself, in my opinion, then you're going to fall flat. I mean, if you just kind of stick with the status quo, I mean, that's all you're ever going to do. You're just going to kind of flatline. And I I feel like if you if you're not trying to better yourself, it's there's no reason to be there. So what would you contribute the, uh, you know, the infield at Bush Stadium is, is kind of one of those parks that's known as one of the best infields in baseball. And so why is that? Is it because it can't be because of the weather, because our 110 <laughs> degree summers, uh, what is that? You know, I, I learned early on that being a groundskeeper in baseball, the most important part of the field is dirt. Uh, if you think about the game of baseball, six out of the nine players are on dirt. You only have three outfielders who are running around on the grass. So you have to put a lot of attention to detail in the dirt. So we spend a lot of time on a daily basis working the dirt. Uh, you know, most of the day for the grass is just an hour and a half spent mowing it. You know, we might edge it here and there just during homestands. Now, most of that work is done when the team's on the road when we do the fertilizing and things like that. But during homestands, most, most of our day is spent on the dirt, whether it be working the mound, working home plate, working the infield skin. Moisture management is the most important part of that, um, you know. And like you said, our weather is so crazy. You know, it's it's not the same every day. So you have to. It's almost like an art form where you you've got to learn your weather, learn your environment, learn the stadium. The stadium is a microclimate in itself. You know, we have shade line issues. One side of the infield this time of year is shaded, so you can't water it as much as the other side. So it's 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 learning your environment, and learning how to adapt in that environment, and become successful in that environment. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think hopefully our listeners in the business world are, are taking this uh, in his business world of you got to be a student of the game. You got to know exactly what the heck's going on at all times. Yep. 
and lead that, lead your team, because you had a great team of people. So I talk do. about that. I do, and you know, and that, and that's and that's another way to succeed. Hire really good people. I mean, uh, my assistant right now is, you know, he's he's a head groundskeeper. I mean, basically. So there's there's basically two of us there. So I can feel comfortable stepping away to do things with the family, and I know that things are going to get done right if I'm not there. So it's very important to surround yourself with with really good people, really quality people, dependable. Um, I have very dependable, dedicated people that are that are there for me, and I, they're great. I mean, they're the reason I am successful. Yeah. So, so how, what would you, what advice would you give to people to overcome objections and, and to kind of paint that picture? You know, the objection I may have is going to be different than what you have. So your objection may be, uh, it's a four-hour rain delay. It's going to be two in the morning for the baseball game to be over. They're going to tear up your work, right? Just yeah. by sliding and catching yeah. a ball. So how do you get over that disappointment and get back in the game? Well, for me, that's that's why we're there. We're there. We're we're there to make it work. Uh, you know, I can't get too worked up over the fact that we're going to be there an extra two or three hours because of rain, because that's that's what I'm hired to do. You know, and you know, you see the players tear it up a little bit. You know, in my my opinion, that's job security. <laughs> that's There's got to be somebody there to fix it, right? So I'm happy to go out there and fix that divot, or you know, fix the infield when it gets overly wet. You know, and it also proves to people that we can do a challenging job, you know, and be, and be successful at it. And I like those challenges. It's one of those goals where, you know, somebody says, well, you've got a concert coming up. How's that going? That's going to tear up your field. It's just another challenge. You know, uh, we'll find a way to make it work. I mean, it may not look perfect for baseball, but it's going to be safe and playable after that concert's over with and, uh, you know, give it a few days and it'll look great again. So, I love those challenges. Yeah. So I know leading into those concerts, I know a couple of years ago we were talking, I think it was at U2 or Billy Joel, whoever was there. And walk our listeners through what that looks like. Because, you, you know, they, the Cardinals leave for five, six, seven days, whatever it is. And you've got a, a baseball or you've got a concert coming in or you've got a, a soccer game coming in. What's that challenge like? Well, each challenge is different. I mean, a soccer game is completely different than a concert. The, the load in, load out, they're all different. Um, and it really depends on how much time you have after a Cardinal game before the event itself. And then there again, how much time after that event you have before the Cardinals get back in town. I think it was, wasn't it the U2 one that got a bunch of kind of publicity for all the damage that was done to the field and the stage and all that well, stuff? Well, U2 was a bit different than most concerts because we knew going into U2 that it was, a com- it was going to completely kill the turf. So wow. because of the way the stage set up, it sat right in the middle of the outfield and it, was, it took them five days to build this stage. It was a mammoth stage. So we knew going into that we were going to lose the grass. So what we did to save ourselves some time after the concert, we went ahead and stripped all the grass out. They built the stage directly on the sand. That way when they were done and completely out of the building, we could bring the sod in and be ready to go. Had we had to waste time to strip the grass afterwards, that would have cost us two days there. So, um, like I said, so that, that right there proves each one's different. So when you have uh, this past year, we had Paul McCartney. They came in, put the stage on the grass. We didn't take any grass out. Um, the weather, it was August, so we were worried that we were going to have some really bad weather, but we got lucky. It was really cool, rainy during the whole process. They got done. They took We took all the, uh, the equipment off the field. It rained for... I want to say eight good eight hours after the concert and when the team came back in town you couldn't even tell they were out there yeah. so and then there are days where you have a concert and it's hotter than blue blazes out there and they come off the field and everybody's like oh my god what are we gonna do it looks awful but you know you give it a few days and some water and give us a chance to do our thing and you know everything's good yeah, and i would assume in your world that's a big deal to get the opportunity to not just do the baseball but to do concerts and Absolutely. soccer and, and heck even i know this year you're down at the winter classic and yep 
doesn't yeah, mess I mean, up yeah. the baseball field per se when it's on January first or no. second. Whatever. Yeah, and that one, that one was kind of a that one. We were really excited about that one because we knew it was during the off season. You don't have to rush around and worry about getting it ready for a baseball game. Yeah. You know, and to see a different part of sports that you don't normally get to see, it was really exciting. I know the city enjoyed it. it we cool enjoyed experience. it. It really was a great experience, and you know, we used that as an advantage for us to do some renovations going into the Winter Classic that we were you know been wanting to do for years. That allowed us to get in there and do some things to the field that we wanted to do before the Winter Classic. So, so I know this uh, off season, I believe you guys have been. Uh, did I see the whole the whole yep. grass? Everything was yep. just basically taken down to the sand and the dirt. So, walk our listeners through that process of what's going on and what they can expect to see this year at Bush Stadium. Well, visually, you shouldn't notice much difference. Sure. Yeah, uh, most of the stuff that we did was on the inside. We basically with the Winter Classic, we it allowed us. The opportunity to go in and dig everything out we were there were some drainage issues that we were having that we wanted to get in there and address and fix um, so we did that we took basically all the sand out all the pea gravel layer and then we got down to the drain tiles had to adjust a few drain tiles uh, that allows the water to flow out a little faster uh, we did some grade changes so the infield we dropped it down just a little bit because we were having some issues with water running off the tarp um, so we addressed that upgraded our irrigation system basically put in a brand new irrigation system um i think i read somewhere that you guys can can cool the water so on you know the hot summer days we we used to have that okay um uh we did away with that system okay but with the new irrigation system we have now that should not be necessary um we've added a booster pump now so we have a lot more pressure because we used to get pressure fall off during games so we fixed that issue um and like I said, visually, you're not going to notice a whole lot. Uh, fans and players shouldn't notice that we've done anything, uh, which is good. That's what we want. We want to be able to go in there and do our thing, get done, and not have anybody know we did anything. Right. Um, but performance-wise, it should be a lot better. Um, we had to. We had some issues with our underlying root zone, so we got rid of that. We got a new root zone, so the grass should do better. So. Things that we don't think of, right? Mm-hmm. The average guy like me just shows up. We go to the game <laughs> and expect to see green grass, right, and some good baseball. That's right, and the arch. Everybody and has. The, to see, well, yeah, that was know. my next yeah. question. <laughs> so, how do you cut the arch into the field? Yeah, that's become uh, quite the popular thing now. Uh, you know, since the All Star game, we we mowed that pattern. Now it's kind of a staple. It's uh, it's not as hard as most people think. You know, we get everything from people thinking it's GPS or that we paint it or we mow. The grass at different heights but it's 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 as simple as just mowing the grass in different directions so when you're looking at the field and you see those stripes in the field if you see a light colored stripe that's basically the grass laying away from you it's these mowers they'll it's similar to a mower you would see on a golf course they have the big rollers on them yep. so it's just laying the grass in different directions the light reflects differently so it looks light and dark so the arch we basically start at center field and kind of mow down everything down toward the infield and we have a grid that we lay out with flags, and once we get it laid out, we mow it in, and there it is. Well, you make it sound easy, but there's no way it is. <laughs> once, you, once you've done it a few times, yeah, it's right. pretty easy. Exactly. Yeah. So are you in charge of that, or you got your team doing that? Well, yeah, I mean, I give the guys the, the grid, and I'm out there watching. But I have, like I said, I have such a good good. I mean, they've, they've been doing it so long, they can do it almost without the flags now. I mean, it's they down know to science now. They've got it down to science. Yeah. I mean – these guys, we used to pull lines when we pull, make patterns in the big checkerboards. We don't have to do that anymore. These guys can do that. Uh, they can do it in their sleep. So you get calls ever? Do you ever get calls from people watching on TV that complain or celebrate the field? Probably more complaints. Yeah, or... especially when the arch isn't in there, believe it or not. That's, that I, right? I'm not kidding you. That's That's been very <laughs> – 
So there's times when what people don't understand is those the, the patterns, even though they're really fun to look at and they're really nice, they can be detrimental to the turf. If you're mowing that same pattern all the time, you can get tire ruts, you can get worn out grass. Mm -hmm. So if you're mowing that arch in there all the time, you know, it, it's going to get burned in there where it, it could burn out the grass at the end, especially where the mowers come off. So the grass kind of knows what's going yeah. on. So, and you know, in those hotter months, you know, you try to stay off the grass as much as you can. So you don't want to mow all these elaborate patterns. So there may be times when the, the arch disappears uh, just to give the grass a break, but it's, it's, it's agronomic reasons. It's not because I'm just trying to be ornery and getting rid of the arch. <laughs> so once, if it's gone for more than two homestands, then I start getting phone calls, emails, like, where's the arch? What's going on? Are we ever going to see it again? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's never going to go away completely, but it, it will disappear from time to time. Well, it was cool when you guys did that a few years ago, uh, with Stan Musial and the six. And yeah, that. that was, that's one of my favorite patterns that we've ever done. Yeah. yeah. That turned out really nice. And we're always willing to do that for, for guys like that. Yeah, maybe you can put our logo in there sometime if that yeah. works. Start selling that, right? <laughs> there you go. Start making some extra money. That's above my pay grade. Right, you'll, exactly. have, you'll have to talk to some people higher Mr. up Mr. DeWitt, we've yeah. got an idea for there you. you. Go. There you uh, go. So what's the toughest part about, uh, Billy Finley's job? You know, the the ever-changing environment that we work in down there, uh, you know, and the increased demand on the field that you see with these concerts and extra events, you know, the revenue uh, demand is there. You know, we're looking to increase our revenue on a daily basis, so we're always trying to find new and creative ways to use the field to do that. So for us, we have to find ways to make that to make that work for what we do. You know, it's because it's always it's got to be ready for the Cardinals when they get back in town, no matter what. No matter what event we've had, we've got to find a way to make that work. So that becomes challenging, but it's, you know, I enjoy that challenge. Um, and then also the weather around here, I mean, it's always going to be a challenge. Uh, the Midwest is a tough place to grow grass just in and of itself. So then you throw in all these other events, that makes it even tougher. So, What I think, too, is you look at the stress in the business world that we're all in is, uh, you know, your stress is you got millions of people per night expecting just to see you know good grass and, mm -hmm. and good baseball so how do you deal with that stress how do you how do you build that into your team to know guys we cannot screw this deal up i mean how does that work yeah i mean like i said my guys have been with me long enough to know mo uh, the majority of them they know what's at stake i mean you know we're we're in constant conversations with the the coaching staff the players you know making sure that we're giving them what they want so these guys know how important this is because this if we don't do our job correctly it's not going to allow the players to do their job correctly so it's important for us to do that. I, I, I'm the guy that doesn't want to ever be talked about. If they bring my name up, then something's good. wrong. Not good. Um, so I tell, I tell the guys all the time, we want to do our job to the point where people don't even know who we are. They don't even want to, you know. The most important out, job yeah. with not knowing who yeah. you are. Yeah, be that guy that nobody knows who he is or talks about or, you know, if you're doing that, then you're doing a good job. So I, that's what I tell my guys all the time. I'm like, we got we to gotta make sure this is – we are going to make sure that this is – where it needs to be for the players when they come back, no matter what goes on. So, so the players have like a, um, I guess, do they have like a desire of how the grass is cut? Is it mowed toward them, away from them, and does it matter that much to them? Because you said you're in constant contact with the players to help them play. Yeah, them. what's we, it like? Yeah, I mean, it can be. I mean, some players, uh, you know, take that into consideration more than others. Um, you know, if you if you like, a, once again, if you mow those patterns too much, you can get to where the, the grass will get grainy and the ball will snake. Um, so we try to change it up. That's why we try mm -hmm. to change up the pattern so the ball doesn't move too much on them. In theory, if you're mowing the grass towards them, the ball is going to come to them faster. If you're mowing, the ball may check up if you're mowing it away from them. So 
yeah, I'm sure there's there's a few players out there that think about that. Um, it's all uh, great baseball players, superstition. Yep, basically. Um, and, you know, we're always talking to the infielders, making sure the infield is, you know, either not too hard, not too soft. You know, it's it's a fine line. I mean, it's it's an art form. So when you, as a business leader, uh, a leader in your industry, what, when you hear the word vision, what comes to mind? When I hear the word vision, a beautiful green grass field, you know, that has no blemishes. You know, you, you see you, no bad hops. Uh, you, you see a game that's being played without any errors. You know, you don't want to see a player that's looking down at the mound, kicking at the mound, having issues. Uh, that's what I vision. Right. You know, I, every day I go to work, I just think – this is going to be a perfect game. You know, we're going to have a pitcher throw a no-hitter. There's going to be no errors in the field. You know, our our hitters are going to hit get base hits every time they're up to the bat. You know, that's yeah. that's perfect for me. We, you know, that's obviously that's a little much to ask, but uh, but that's what I envision. That's that's success to me. Yep. And so when you see you guys when the game's over, immediately you guys are mm-hmm. out there and you're pounding down the dirt and you're raking and doing all sorts of stuff. What what are you guys doing there? Just basically starting over. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where we spend all this time during the day putting this thing together for these guys to play on, and then they get out there and tear it up, and then we've got to start all back over again with the same process. So we're out there, you know, fixing the holes from the pitchers and the batters and, you know, or the players get their lead at first base. We're always, you know, making sure that that stays flat and level. Um, and then getting the moisture in the dirt, keeping that, keeping that going. You know, moisture is an important part of that. So um, cleaning up. Cleaning up the mess, basically. Vacuuming you know, up sunflower seeds. Raking up sunflower seeds, vacuuming up sunflower seeds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Players love sunflower seeds. Yes, especially now with the rules, they're going to have a lot more sunflower seeds yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you when you think back in, over your years since 1996, give us some stories, if you can, about some of the players that uh, you really connected with, fun, great St. Louis people, either even the Cardinals or even people on the road. I mean, you, you get to see all sides of the players. And – you got three guys that stick out in your mind? Yeah, probably. So. I mean, and, you know, I've been fortunate. I mean, the Cardinals organization is such a great organization. So many great players have come through here since I've been here. I've been very, very lucky to have met some great people. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Tony Womack. He was here for oh. a very short time. But he had a great personality. He and I, was always, we were always cutting up with each other. Um, I was always making fun of his height, how short he was. <laughs> he would always give me grief. What really started that whole – relationship with him was uh it was early early in the season it was in 04 the irrigation came on during the game and kind of hit him in his rear end kinda, yeah so i got uh i got chewed out pretty good over that it was a, a funny kind of chewing out but you know from that point on he and i started having a little little uh, funny little relationship with each other so he was one of my favorites albert albert was great i mean he was that guy that always made me feel good about what i was doing he always made me feel like what we did was really important, which a lot of these players do, but Albert just took it to that next level. He well, it's cool, too, because the yeah. superstar status that he had. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, and, he, and he, was, he, he was always very constructive. I mean, if, if something was wrong, he would tell me, but in a way that I knew how to fix it so that we could get, get the in problem. In a respectful manner Absolutely. versus being a – Very respectful person. Very, I mean, he is definitely one of the people that I can say I learned the most from. Yeah, uh, Jose Okendo, great guy. Another guy that I learned a ton from. Uh, you know, we take so much pride in our infield dirt. He was the guy that was always there for me, saying, "Look, this is how the players like it. This is what I think you should do. You're doing this great, but we need to change things here." You know, so 
he and I have a great relationship. So I would say those are the three people that stick out the most in my head that I've, you know, um, but there's been so many Scott Rowland, you know, Jim Edmonds, yeah. uh, just people that have influenced me in different ways. I mean, they're just, they're just guys. I mean, you, you got all these guys that are still around the, the, the city that I get to see still. And some of the guys that I don't get to see that, you know, like Reggie Sanders, some of the guys that were here for a short period of time that made small impacts, but that you remember so well. Yeah, Edmonds told me a story one time. I guess him and Reggie Sanders, I don't know if this was at home or on the road, I guess they collided and broke uh, Reggie Sanders' leg. You remember that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember where that was. But that was at home in the road. So, yeah, but he was a good guy for the little, little amount of time yeah, he was here. Yeah, he's so. just a great personality. I mean, and that's what, like, like I said, the, the Cardinals organization has been blessed with a lot of guys like that that have just really great personalities, and the city's lucky to have good. had all these guys. Good ownership. Absolutely. Great I mean, ownership. And that's what, that's what gets it started. I mean, they, they know what kind of people to bring in here to make this thing work, and yep. they've been very successful at it. So so what happens on the night uh, is October 27th, 2006, and October 28th, 2011. You probably know those nights very well. We won the World Series in 06 in 2011. Yeah. Do you have Great to come nights. out and start filling out holes, or do you get to celebrate? Oh, no, we were celebrating. <laughs> there, were, there were no hole filling. No, we were, we were throwing confetti we'll and hugging. Yeah. Well, actually, we had we actually had a lot of work to do. We had to bring out stages. Um, oh, that's true. So we had to bring out the celebratory stages out on the infield. I guess I, I thought that was Major League Baseball doing that. That's no, you guys. well, we worked with Major League Baseball. We have to go through the whole process of how we're going to set this whole thing up, where things are going to go, where we're putting stanchions drive out the MVP car, you know, the, the Corvette yeah. that gets presented to the player for the MVP, which I was fortunate enough to get to drive out. Which is that right? Cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's, so, that is very cool. You know, and, the, and, you know, and you talk about another influential people, you know, being able to give that to David Eckstein that year, that was really cool because he's one of those guys, too, yeah. that was just great really, to be His size right. and yeah, his ability, I mean, what he his did. His work ethic just was unmatched. I mean, that guy was just amazing to be able to do the things he did, you know, for his size and, I mean, yeah. Work ethic. I mean, that's you think David Eckstein work ethic comes yep. to mind. So uh, that was cool to be able to give him that. Um, and then David Freeze too. I mean, that was another uh, guy. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. So I could just sit here and talk for days about the different guys that are just. It's just been really cool to meet. So you and, get the stage set up, and then uh, then what? Then you we kind of we just kind of we just kind of uh, stand around and take it in. I mean, because that's what you do. I mean, you sit you, you all this hard work. Just like these, like the players. I mean, yeah. for us, it was this is what we do it for. I mean, to see these guys celebrate like this on their field was. Well, and you get to know them impressive. so well. I mean, yeah. you're part of the family. Yeah, you feel like you are. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and those guys treat us like that. Well, I mean, Brad Thompson was in here today, and he said he saw you, and so you know, yeah, those guys know who you are. They yep. they treat you as part of the family. I think that's pretty cool. It is, it, and and it's, it's kind of surreal at times that those guys treat us that way. But uh, you know, we're out there for them. That's what we do. I mean, your kids got to think that's pretty cool. Yeah, they you know they get a little, little shocked at times when they walk out there. You know, I, I take my youngest son out there every now and then, and he kind of takes it for granted every now and then because he's down there with right, me so exactly. much. So I kind of have to shake him every now and then and say, you know where you're at, right? You know who that is standing next to you? That's Chris Carpenter. Yeah, you know that's wanting to play catch with you, dude. Let's let's take let's this. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's go. So, you know, sometimes he he doesn't get that because he's around it so much, but uh, he needs to realize that this is pretty cool yeah we're blessed to have those people Absolutely. in our community aren't we absolutely it's unbelievable. very blessed so you i'm assuming you get a, a ring right yes the ownership is very very nice they've they've taken care of the employees very well over the years with presenting us with rings because uh they don't have to do that and they've spent a lot of money giving their employees rings so it's That's really it's cool. been 
we've been very, very blessed. So when you think about one of the things we always talk about, all the guests, is uh, fear drives a lot of successful people, right? And yeah. we put fear in our minds, and we mm-hmm. have these big animals in our minds of what this fear is like. Over your career, and you've had a great career, um, how many of those fears have actually come true? I've had a few. I mean, uh, there's been years uh, at the old ballpark. We had such a hard time growing grass in that ballpark. Um, there was a year I can remember uh, that the right field portion of the field wasn't taking. It was literally coming up under the player's feet. So they couldn't get a, you know, when they would run to plant, just chunks of grass were coming out. I mean, it was mainly because we had a really rough winter and, and we had a, you know, really bad shade issue. So the team had, had to hit the road. So we had to, we had to fix this because, you know, this, this wasn't good. I mean, the players were not able to perform and, you know, we were hearing about it. So that was a very stressful time in my life to be able to try to figure out what was going on there and to get things better. And luckily, you know, the weather cooperated finally, we got warmer. And we were we finally got sun in that corner, so we the grass started rooting in like it was supposed to. But so Mother Nature helped with that one. Mother Nature helped, but that she also hurt. <laughs> she also hurt, and then those microclimates that I talk about in these in these different facilities, you know, all these ballparks are so different, you know, with their different shade lines. Um, it makes what we do that much more interesting because what works here obviously doesn't work the same in San Diego or in Kansas City or in you know Cincinnati because their ballparks are different than ours. So. You've got to learn your environment, and you know that was early on in my career, and I was still trying to learn the environment of Old Bush Stadium and how grass grows in that facility, and learned a valuable lesson that year, and it was a very stressful lesson. Oh, I'm sure. Um, you know, and then you had those nights. Some of the stressful nights is getting caught without the tarp on the field. You know, you have the weather weatherman says no rain overnight, so you leave the field uncovered, so the grass can breathe. Next thing you know, you're waking up to a thunderstorm, and you don't have the tarp on the field, and you've got a game the next day. Those are really stressful nights. Yeah. <laughs> we just turn over and go back to bed. Yeah. And stay up all night and think about Not it. Not me. I'm getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and driving to the ballpark. So yeah. those are the things that scare groundskeepers. And, you know, those are our nightmares. So I've seen you out there plenty of times at the game during bad weather. And is that your ultimate call? Right? I'm assuming it's the umpire's call, right, on if they're going to stop the game and put the tarp on and all that stuff? Once the lineup cards have been changed, it's the umpire's decision when they're going to pull the tarp. Okay. Um, and so pre lineup card, that's your call. It's well, just that there, there's also there's there's varying factors. If, if it's before the All Star break and it's the you know the team's not coming back, you know it's there's different things that go into that. And usually, if it's before the game, we'll communicate with both managers and the umpires, no matter what the situation, and let them know. Say, look, we've got some rain coming in. It's going to be here right at first pitch. There's you know maybe we should wait to start the pitchers. Let's wait this rain out. Um, and then once the rain moves on, we can start, you know, you may, it's, it's smarter sometimes to delay it at the beginning than to get your team out there, right. get them warmed up and then stop for two hours. You know, it's not good. Silly. For pitchers so, and- communication is a big part of what I do. You know, I have to communicate with the umpires, the managers, the, you know, upper management, any situation, you know, it's nice. Technology has evolved a little bit now that we can bring out the iPads, you know, and our iPhones and we can show them the radar. You know, you didn't, you weren't able to do that in the past. You just go to an umpire and say, "Hey, there's rain coming." They'd have to take you at your word. So now you can actually say, "Look, Look. it's coming." Um, so they they appreciate that, and then the more information you can give them, the better they can make their decision. So uh, the umpires are great. I mean, they they work with us as best they can. Obviously, they're trying to get the their game in. They're trying to do a job as well. Right. So 
uh, it's important to work with those guys and communicate. So. Well, I think, too, what, to your point is communication, right? I mean, huge. it's huge no matter what huge. business you're in. Absolutely. Communication is huge. And so when you uh, now close the season out, and then uh, what's the off season look like for you guys? Off season's a lot quieter. A, a good portion of my crew gets laid off. Um, they're seasonal employees. Uh, some guys go on unemployment. Some guys have other jobs that they go to. Uh, and then my assistant and myself, we, we kind of – get things ready for the next season. You know, we, we're, we're doing our budgets, uh, ordering new equipment, ordering, you know, new materials, things of that nature. The grass actually doesn't stop growing until the middle of December, so we're still maintaining the field until we really get that first really hard freeze. So January is a pretty down month for us normally, uh, pretty quiet time. I can take some vacation. Um, I have winter meetings, all the ground. We get, we get together every year. All major league groundskeepers get together, which is nice. We can change stories, you know. Share ideas. Share ideas. Um, so, again, another huge deal. I mean, think about the business world. That's what we do, right? We absolutely. go to conference. We have yeah. study groups. We have whatever to share ideas. And I love the fact that you guys are doing that. It's huge. I mean, it's because you, you get to hear what other guys are going through. And a lot of it's the same, but a lot of it's different. You know, and like I said, different parts of the country, you get to hear what they do. And you can take a little bit of what they do and make it your own and change it up. And you never know. You, you guys able to call each other in the off season if you're having trouble absolutely. with something? We we're we're very tight knit. I mean, we we can email each other. We call each other a lot. I, I was texting the groundskeeper for the Detroit Tigers the other day about the, she's she's having Metallica this summer too, like oh, we yeah. are. So we're kind of changing ideas on what what she's going to do and what I'm going to do. So it's Maybe nice she's to first, have that. and you can learn from her. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're first. Uh-oh. We have them in June. She's in July, so she's going to learn from me. But she's got a little different situation. She's got. She's got a shorter turnaround after the concert, and I've got a shorter load-in before the concert starts. So it's it's neat to be able to do that. I mean, to have that relationship with, with your peers, to be able to talk and figure things out. So when so you the, think about attitude as we kind of go around this circuit of success, I mean, what, what does Bill Finley do to get a good attitude and wake up every day to be positive? Uh, you know, it's hard. I'll ask your wife. Maybe you don't wake up every day to be positive. <laughs> in July, it's tough. I mean, in July and August, those are some tough months to be waking up positive when it's 150 degrees outside. Right. You know, I just tell myself that this is, you know, this is going to be a good day. You know, we're going to get there. We're going to get the job done. It's going to, I mean, the players are going to come out and enjoy stepping foot on the field. And that's, that's the part I enjoy when I get there and seeing the players come out and smiling and enjoying being on the field and, you know, giving me, credit or a pat on the back saying field looks great field's playing great that's the kind of stuff i wake up thinking man i I love it i'm going to the ballpark you know who wouldn't love waking up every morning going to a ballpark right you know you're outside every day some days are better than others i I mean you know obviously you don't want to go when it's storming but you know majority of the time you're getting to work it's it's nice beautiful day you're working outside cutting grass you know at the best place on earth getting dirty right you know yeah bush stadium St. Louis Cardinals. So what are your beliefs? What are your fundamental beliefs in your business to be successful long-term? Hard work, positive attitude. I mean, it's sometimes, you know, the attitude's hard. You know, you just like anything else, you know, you get into the grind. You kind of lose sight of that. But, you know, if you stay positive, working hard. Uh, don't be scared to take a leap. I kind of took a leap when I started this, you know, whole crazy career that I'm on right now. Didn't know how successful I was going to be, but... I did it. I think that's important for people to kind of sometimes step outside of your comfort zone and just give it a shot. You right. Know? Uh, so believe in yourself, believe in yourself, stay positive, stay focused on what your goals are and what you've got to accomplish on a daily basis. You know, sometimes you lose focus on that, but focus is a huge part of it. 
Well, I think that ultimately leads to the activities. That's the third pillar so that you see written up here. And so when you think of activities, I mean, it's, it's kind of passion for that process. It's the little things every day that people don't see. What are those things in your world? Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of little things that go into my job. Uh, you know, like coming in every day, getting guys lined up to do what they're going to do. Uh, trying to, to get those guys to learn the importance of what they're doing and for them to take pride in what they're doing. I mean, that's, that's huge being a leader. You know, you gotta, you gotta make guys want to do what they're doing on a daily basis, especially putting in the hours that we do, trying to keep them positive and also have fun at work. You know, that's a big thing for us is, you know, trying to show my guys we can work hard, but we can still have fun. You know, we goof around with each other. We try to keep it lighthearted, you know, a lot like the players do when they're working. So those are little small things that people don't get to see behind the scenes. They, they only see us a short amount of time. They don't realize how much work we do during the day. You know, we're there 7 o'clock in the morning doing these small little things like raking up sunflower seeds or tamping in dirt in front of the mound or tamping in dirt around home plate, you know, watering the infield dirt. A lot of people don't realize how much we water the dirt. You know, yeah. that's a small part that people don't realize. They think we spend most of the time on the grass, which we really don't. Um, we mow. It takes us roughly an hour, hour and well, a half. Well, it's good perspective. So. I'd never, of all the years even playing and now coaching baseball, six of the nine players are sitting, standing on dirt. Yeah, they really are. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, most of the activity is on dirt. Yeah. Um, so those are little small snippets of things that people don't realize. Um, you know, I have a big crew. I have to manage their hours. I mean, we have a lot of kids that are in school in college that we have to kind of swap in and out for games. We have a different crew that work games. So you have a different group of guys that come on for games. And so you, you, you're, you're changing over, you know, changing the a different guard. Line. Yeah. It's a changing of the guard every day. So yeah, a little small things I like, like that. It. Well, man, in closing, anything else you'd like to share? Anything other, any other cool stories maybe about Bush Day or anything I didn't ask that you think it'd be cool to know that. Yeah, I don't know. I think we hit on a lot of it. I mean, you know, little silly stories about the players. I mean, it's having having relationships with those guys is really neat for me. Um, I don't know. I think we uh, I think we got it covered. Covered it all. I, think I like so. it. Yeah. So we uh, do you uh, are you a social media guy? Where can we find more Bill Finley? Can we find you? You know, on social I, media? I I'm pretty quiet on social media. I'm uh, I'm I, I'm on, I have a Twitter account i don't use it that much i'm yeah. on facebook i don't use that that much i'm i'm, I'm pretty much into my work most of the time i don't time. know if the if the cardinals like you to post stuff when you're on the field cutting grass normally that's the, that normally we go through the cardinals website and okay. they post most of the stuff i'll shoot them pictures and things of what's going on with the field i'll let them know we're doing this and they'll post it on the Got cardinals it. website it's a little easier that way so um, find cardinals on instagram yep. and facebook twitter all that yeah it's pretty so. easy they usually put it out there pretty quickly yeah. uh, like when we were doing our field renovation it was out there pretty quickly so well, good. Well, you're doing amazing work, man, Thank and you, sir. Uh, it's just awesome to see, and uh, just it's awesome to see how much you care about the field and the grass and the players, and I think we get to see it when I get to see it, our kids' baseball games. So, yeah, look forward uh, to it. It's fun having you here today. Really appreciate the time. I know Thank you're a busy, sir. man. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the LineUpMedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.